Amen. So good. Be in the presence of the Lord always. We're spoiled. We get to do it twice. And it's, it's good each time. You never get tired of the presence of the Lord. Well, uh, as we mentioned, Pastor Kristen is here 25 years, and uh, we're just so thankful for his ministry. And it never dawned on me until I spoke in the first service, but uh, I think this is the, I'm in my 50th year now of walking with the Lord. And you're saying, Pastor, it's not possible. You don't look 50. But, um, but it is. And, uh, you know, I've discovered over the years of walking with the Lord that there is a number of beliefs, a number of words, doctrines, whatever, that you really begin to appreciate in a whole new way over the years, that as the Lord takes those truths from off the pages of His Word or, or maybe things that you've been taught, and then you really begin to learn the practicality of those things. You learn to, the principle of a lot of these powerful words that are in the Scripture. And, and there's one word that I want to look at this morning. It's very simply the Sabbath, the Sabbath. And what I've come to learn over the years that I want to share with us, and as we move into the summer season, I'm sure we're all in different ways looking for ways to be refreshed and to relax. But really the essence of the Sabbath has to do with learning to rest from my own work so that God can do His work in me. Let me say that again. It's resting from my own work so the Lord is able to do His work in me. There's two scriptures that I, I want to look at this morning and I uh, encourage you to invite you to read them with me. The first is from Isaiah, where God is speaking to his people Israel, of course, but the principle is still there. And then one, one scripture from Hebrews in the New Testament. In Isaiah 58, we read these words. And again, feel free to read them with me. The Lord says, If you keep the Sabbath holy, not having your own fun and business on that day, but enjoying the Sabbath, speaking of it with delight as the Lord's holy day, and honoring the Lord in what you do, not following your own desires and pleasure, nor talking idly, then the Lord will be your delight. And I will see to it that you ride high and get your full share of the blessings I promised to Jacob, your father. The Lord has spoken. And then in Hebrews 4, so there is a full, complete rest still waiting for the people of God speaking to us. Christ has already entered there. He is resting from his work, just as God did after the creation. Let us do our part to go into that place of rest too, being careful not to disobey God as the children of Israel did, thus failing to get into it. The Lord says something interesting here. When he's talking about the Sabbath, he says to keep the Sabbath, not having your own fun or business on that day. It's a contemporary Bible translation we're reading. Not having your own fun or business on that day, but enjoying the Sabbath. When the Lord says that, He's not saying that the Sabbath day is meant for you to just sit on the couch, twiddle your thumbs, and not do anything. Not, do, not have any fun. Uh, some of you may be new to the faith, but for those of us who've grown up in the church, at least in my childhood, Sunday was the day we dreaded as children. It was the day we couldn't do anything. But stand in the front room and look out the big bowl window on a sunny day, all the kids playing in the street, having fun, but we were enjoying God. That was our day. That was our Sabbath. And so when it comes to the Sabbath, it's less about God saying that you have to do that kind of stuff. I believe the Sabbath is really about the Lord getting us to a place where we can honestly begin to sense what He's doing in our lives that we can actually begin to hear what it is that he's speaking to us. We can be doing the things that we see him doing around us. 
But I have found over the years that in order for that to happen in my life, I really have to learn to get out of my own way. I have to stop doing those things that actually work against my own fulfillment. Now, we're introduced to this idea of the Sabbath in the opening chapters of the Bible. It's Genesis chapter 2. And here's what you read. Speaking of the days of creation. By the seventh day, God finished the work that he'd been doing. So he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day and made it a holy day. That is, he set it apart. Because on that day, he rested from all the work that he had done in creating the world. Now, the Bible also says that this same God who watches over us is a God who never slumbers and he never sleeps. He is a God who eternally is awake. And yet the scriptures also say that he rested from his work. And what I believe the scriptures are saying is not that the Lord needed to rest, but the Lord chose to rest because there's something he wants you and me to understand. And the first thing I believe he wants us to understand, just two things I want to share this morning. But the first thing is the, what you might call the total unrelatedness of the Sabbath to weariness and fatigue. God did not say you need to observe a Sabbath in your life or you're going to get tired. You're going to burn out, so you've got to stop. There's a lot of us here this morning who have just enough energy and ambition and drive that we can pretty much go at a pretty steady pace. We get up, we're moving, we're working, we're doing lots of stuff. That's not a problem for us. And yet the Bible says that God rested. He gave us an example for a reason. And I want to submit to us this morning, he did not rest because he was tired. And of course, the Sabbath does benefit us in the sense that we do derive some rest, but that's not his primary purpose. I really believe that wrapped up in God's example of taking a Sabbath is him saying, listen, there's something you understand about life. There's always more that can be done. There's always more that you can do. I don't know if you've had that experience yourself, but you find it hard to sit still. Some of us find it hard just to sit down and kind of do nothing. I don't relax well. I don't really typically kind of vacation well. Because there's, just, there's always more that can be done. Anybody in that camp, you just, you know what I mean? Like there's something else that needs to be done, something around you. And yet we see in the Scriptures that after six days of creating, God rested. But let me ask you this question. Do you think it's possible that after six days of creating that God could have created more? I think so, right? He could have created more in the seventh day, the tenth day, the twentieth day, the tenth year, the thousandth year. As I said this morning in the first service, He could have been creating right up to the year 2022, all around us, more and more stuff. We'd be saying, Lord, I wish you'd make more room. It's getting pretty tight around here. You know, he could keep on creating if he wants to, but he doesn't do that. And the same is true of you and me. There will always be more to do. But you see, the problem with our human nature is that, is that we get so wrapped up in busyness that we actually busy ourselves right out of fulfillment. We actually busy ourselves right out of true um, accomplishment of a sense of really moving in or being a part of what we're made for, what our passions are for, or maybe what we feel in our spirit that we're longing for. And the Holy Spirit reminds us that we need uh, to take time for a conscious change of pace. The word Sabbath actually is an interesting word. It means different things, but essentially it means to catch your breath. It's just to catch your breath. And it's interesting that both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word that is used for breath is the same word used for what? Spirit. 
right? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And to me, that really underscores the fact that we often drift so far away from the mind of God. We drift so far away from really being in touch with our own spirit that oftentimes we, we find ourselves busying ourselves with things that fill us, but they don't fulfill us. They fill our day. They fill our week. They fill our, even our vacation, but we don't come back fulfilled. And so the Sabbath is not primarily about weariness or fatigue. A second principle about the Sabbath is the fact that we can never do it all on our own. Not only is there, is there lots that we still could be doing, but even in the things that we do, if we truly want to experience fulfillment, if we want to experience this sense of richness, of, of really fulfilling our purpose, our destiny, our, the longings of our heart, those things that really bring a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment, we need to understand we can never do it all on our own. We read in Hebrews chapter 3, speaking of Israel, so we see they were not allowed to enter and have God's rest. Why? Because they did not believe. It's another way of saying they were just doing things on their own. They maybe even do good things, just like we do good things, fill our day, our week with good things. I'm sure God would appreciate it if I do this, 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 this. But we're still doing it on their own. And then the next chapter, chapter 4, begins with these words. Since God has left us, New Testament believers, the promise that we may enter his rest. We still have that promise. What does he say? Let us be very careful so none of you will fail to enter. In other words, the struggle to enter into this place of rest, the struggle to enter into that life where I'm walking with the Spirit, where I'm hearing the Lord, being led by the Lord, the Lord sets no obstacles. The struggle is on my part because on my part, I want to be doing something. I find it hard to sit still. Even if I'm doing things for the Lord, I just I want to be going, going. Here's my list, whatever. I can do that stuff. And the Lord says, no. You may get stuff done on your list, but you won't get done what I want you to do. You won't experience the fulfillment that comes with walking with me and seeing me do things through you that only I can do. You've got to be still. You see, God expected his people, Israel, who were, were an agricultural culture, he expected them, now this is kind of hard in our day and age maybe to appreciate, but he expected them to work for six days a week. They worked six days, and they were to take the seventh day off completely. And that was to be their lifestyle from week to week, month to month, year to year. In fact, after six years of doing that, they were also to take an annual sabbatical. And what that means is after six years of plowing and sowing and, and harvesting, of providing for themselves and selling their goods and making money and buying clothes and getting things for the kids, all that kind of stuff, after six years of that, God says, on the seventh year, you are to do nothing. Imagine that for a whole year. Now, I know in the back of my mind, we're thinking, hey, I wouldn't mind taking a year off. But also, consider the way we often think. A whole year? Imagine you're a farmer. Imagine you have the fields. And God is saying, don't touch a thing for a whole year on the seventh year. How do we think? What do you mean, God? A whole year? I can't do that. I've got to provide for my family, right? The, the crops aren't going to grow themselves. The crops aren't going to come in on themselves. How am I supposed to do that? And what's the Lord saying to his people? He says, you watch what I do. You watch how I take care of you. 
You watch me do some things that you would never see if you just keep going year after year after year after year. I'm giving you opportunity every seven years. You see my faithfulness during those first six years. On the seventh year, I want you to see miracles. I want you to see that your God is alive, that your God will take care of you. I want to be part of your life like that. You know, there's talk in our culture today of a four-day work week. And it sounds really appealing, but it's not biblical. And not only is it not biblical, I think the real issue is that it doesn't speak to the real need in our culture. Because the problem in our culture is not weariness because of an honest day's work. The problem in our culture, I believe, is that we try to find rest, we try to be refreshed, we try to whatever in ways that don't meet our real need. The psalmist said in Psalm 62, he said, Lord, my soul finds its rest in you, in you. You see, there's a blend, there's a combination there of how we find real rest. Yes, my body needs rest. I sleep through the night or on vacation. But how many of us have ever gone on vacation and we come back just as tired, just as exhausted? And it's like, oh, man, i got to go back to work. You see, if we don't take care of our spirit, our soul, if we don't commune with the Lord, I can remember one time on vacation, it just comes to my mind, but, but we were doing things, laying on the beach, whatever, and I, was, I still wasn't feeling refreshed. And it wasn't because I wasn't away long enough. I realized the Holy Spirit prompted my heart, and I realized it was three days had gone by. I hadn't spent a moment in the Lord's presence. We'd just been going, seeing things, sitting on the beach or some event, whatever the case may be, and the Lord reminded me, Paul, you may be physically refreshed, but you will never be refreshed in your heart unless you still take time with me. Take advantage of that time to spend more time with me and be refreshed in your spirit as well. You see, we live in a culture today where I believe much of the weariness is not just because of the work. It's not just because of sometimes increased stress. And we can all have different kind of jobs, of course, but I believe the real weariness in our culture is a result of being a culture that is busy, but it's bored. It's active, but it's aimless. It's empty. Our rest is in the Lord. That's a true Sabbath rest. Now, the prophet Ezekiel referred to the Sabbath as a sign from God. And the thing about a sign from God is that it's meant to be beneficial. It's actually a blessing for us. And so God gives this Sabbath to his people. And yet by the time that Jesus arrives on the scene, the Sabbath had been so enveloped with, with human rules, man-made rules, things you couldn't do, things you had to do, that people were actually exhausted by the Sabbath. People were worn out. It had become a bondage to God's people. And yet Jesus confronts that bondage head on. He said this in Mark chapter 2. He said the Sabbath day was made to what? Help people. They were not made to be ruled by the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for them. Right? Another translation says man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, Jesus said. But I like this translation. The Sabbath was made to help people to refresh them. They weren't made to fit into something religious. God made man first, then he made the Sabbath as a gift. And the Lord did not say in making the Sabbath, okay, here's the rules. You get to do your own thing for six days a week, and on the seventh day, you suffer for me. And for any of us who grew up in the church years ago, that was the mindset, right? I get to kind of have fun for six days, and on the seventh day, I got to go to church, and back in that day, our service was only an hour. That wasn't bad at all. 
Some of you grew up in traditions. You had Sunday school, then church, or, or church, then Sunday school in the afternoon, then church again at night. You were absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. And then it's back to work on Monday. You see, God initiated the Sabbath because he was introduced in a whole new way of life for us to follow. And it begins with understanding that we'll never accomplish the things that really matter to us. We'll never see the blessing of God, the fruitfulness that God intends in our lives if we try to accomplish everything just in our own effort. I believe what the Lord is saying is, look, I want you to learn that you can only do so much, but then you have to stop and let me do the rest. Let me be involved in your life, in your day. The Apostle Paul deals with this issue of the Sabbath in Romans 14. He says, some think that Christians should observe the Jewish holidays as special days to worship God. Others say it is wrong and foolish to go to all that trouble because every day alike belongs to God. Then he says this, on questions of this kind, everyone must decide for himself. What is Paul saying? He's saying God doesn't have a favorite day. Well, the Jews worship God on the Sabbath. Yeah, they worship God on the Sabbath because the Scripture says that was the day that God rested. He blessed that day, and for the Jewish culture, they worship God on the Sabbath. Unfortunately, they filled that with so many rules that just like us growing up as kids, Jews would kind of dread that day. In fact, they made all these kind of different rules so that they could kind of do something with outbreak in the Sabbath where they had to, you know, whatever. I told you the time that I was in Israel, and we got on an elevator and it kind of only went to every second floor. We had all this luggage. We couldn't figure out what was going on. We finally went up to the nearest floor to ours and got off and lugged all the suitcases back down. We didn't realize that was a Sabbath or a Shabbat. That was a Sabbath um, elevator. The other ones all worked normal, but for Orthodox Jews, they would use that one on Sabbath because they weren't allowed to push the button because that was work. Now, try to follow this, okay? This is man-made religion. This is how it works. I am not allowed to push a button to get to my floor. So I have to either go to the earlier floor or the later floor and then lug all my luggage. But I can't do the work of pushing a button. In all due respect, that is the foolishness of religion. And a lot of us grew up with that. There are certain things you cannot do, certain places you can't go on Sunday. You can do it through the week, but you can't do it on Sunday. Because if Jesus comes back and you're doing that, you may miss the rapture. We, we grew up with all kinds of stuff, okay? And, and we're all guilty of it maybe in some ways, and our parents meant, well, I'm still in therapy, but our, my parents had, they had a good heart, okay? But again, what is that? It's a religiousness that doesn't understand the spirit of the Sabbath. It doesn't understand what the Lord is really after in our lives. And so the Jews, they, they worship the Lord. Their Sabbath, even to this day, is Saturday. For Christians, when's our Sabbath, you might say? It's Sunday. Why? We worship the Lord on Sunday because Sunday is the first day of the week, the week that Jesus rose from the dead. It's Resurrection Sunday. We worship the Lord there. But if you were to ask the Lord, Lord, what day do I worship you? What do you think he'd say? Every day. Every day. I want to commune with you every day. You may remember the story in John chapter 4. Jesus speaks to this woman, a Samaritan, at a well. And she gets into this conversation. She recognizes he's a prophet. He's sent from God. So she asks the big question of the day. Well, our forefathers, our people worship God up here in this temple, and the Jews worship God in the other temple in Jerusalem. Where should we go? And what does Jesus say? He said, my dear sister, he said, the hour is coming, and even now it's here, that those who will worship God 
must worship him in spirit and truth. It's not about a building. It's not about a location. It's about your heart. He wants you to enter into and live from that place of rest every single day. You see, God is not running a a a one-day-a-week operation where he says, hey, meet me on Sunday. Get together on Sunday. When it's all over, I'll see you later. He doesn't say that. What he says is, I want to connect with you every day. Scripture says in Hebrews 4, anyone who enters God's Sabbath rest will rest from his own work as God did from his. Let us try as hard as we can to enter God's rest so that no one will fail by following the example of those who refuse to obey. You see, to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy, as we're told in the commandments in Exodus 3, it has less to do with a specific day of worship than it does with an attitude of heart where we recognize we are never going to accomplish anything of real significance. We are never going to experience the fullness of life that Jesus came to give us, and he wants us to know unless we learn that there's only so much we can do. And then we just have to stop. We have to rest in God and rest in the knowledge that he will take it from there and do what only he can do. You see, any time I'm striving to make things work on my own, I need to realize that I am violating a very basic spiritual principle. Anytime I feel like I'm striving, anytime I feel like I'm the one that has to have the answer, I'm the one that's got to do the work to get this thing to happen, then I'm really going against the grain of God's design. What I need to do is take a breath. I need to get out of my own way. I need to come before the Lord and let him do the rest. That doesn't mean I don't do anything, of course, But what I am saying is that we need to ask the Lord what we're supposed to be doing. Rather than just assuming that we always know what to do or busying ourselves with whatever may come to our mind first. You see, if you'll just take the time to ask the Lord about everything and then listen to him, he promises you will begin to enter into a place of rest and you'll live from that place of rest So that rather than just doing things, you have a sense of being led. You have a sense of his prompting. You have a sense of wisdom as the Lord says, hey, I know your day is busy, but you know what? You need to cut this and this and this out of your agenda. That's not important. Here's what I want you to give yourself to. Here's some things I want to speak to your spirit that I'm going to do in your life or through your life today. Now, you decide what your Sabbath is going to be. For me personally, for probably the pastoral staff, certainly for a lot of people who are here for two services to provide ministry to the congregation, Sunday is not our Sabbath. Sunday is a lousy Sabbath. So you have to decide what your Sabbath is going to be. But I encourage you, make sure that you observe the Sabbath. The writer of Hebrews says, try as hard as you can to enter God's rest and so that you will not fail. Because you see, as you observe the Sabbath, what happens? you actually release the blessing of God into your life. It's not a blessing that falls on a particular day, but it's a principle. It's a principle by which I'm coming to the Lord and I'm saying, Lord, I'm asking you to show me how to use my time. I'm asking you to show me what to prioritize. Show me what to do about the relationships that that mean the most to me in my life. Show me what to do about those matters of life that really are important and those that aren't. I believe the Sabbath, the spirit of the Sabbath, is a gift from God by which he wants to make our lives fulfilling. 
the purpose of the Sabbath, the purpose of that invitation to that place of rest, to come and enter into his rest, is that we not be a people like the world around us who's really busy, but we're bored. We're really active, but we're empty. We fill our free time with other things. We work for the weekend, or whatever the case may be. But we can't understand why it is that there's still that emptiness there, that aimlessness. You see, unless we come to terms with the fact that we need rest, we need reflection. We need, as the people of God, to know what it is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And unless we come to realize those things, we are going to busy ourselves right out of fulfillment. We're going to wonder, where is this abundant life Jesus talked about? Where is this fulfillment? Where is the flow of the Holy Spirit in my life? And in the midst of our business, the Lord is saying, come away to a quiet place. and Listen to me. Be still. Be still. Again, verse 10. Anyone who enters God's Sabbath rest will rest from what? His own work. Anyone who's going to enter into the Sabbath rest, the spirit of the Sabbath, the first thing you've got to do is rest from your own work, just as God rested from him, from his. I'm going to ask Pastor Kristen to join me as we prepare to share in communion in just a moment. But friends, if you're going to see God at work in your life, you have to learn the balance. And balance is not just looking at your agenda and I got this much for family, this much for work, whatever. The Lord may lead you to do that. But the real balance comes as you learn to commune in the quietness of the presence of the Lord with him and you allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. It comes when in those times, as simple as those times when the Holy Spirit is prompting you and saying, hey, why don't you just put that down for a few minutes? Why don't you just turn that off for a few minutes? Why don't you just come and spend some time with me? How many of us have heard that voice, right? And we have an opportunity to come and sit down with him or to respond by our words or actions and say, no, there's just too much to do. And we keep going, keep going, and keep going, but the problem is there's always going to be something else to do. In fact, if you're anything like me, I find quite often times if I'm not sure what to do for the day, all I need to do is determine I'm going to go to prayer, and right away a list of 10, 20 things will come to my mind. Yeah. You know what? The devil can be a wonderful secretary because he will try to distract you. He will bring up things that maybe you've forgotten. You, know what you need to do just have a notepad. So every time he brings something up to keep you away from time with the Lord, you say, thank you, devil. I'll jot that down and get to it later. I'll jot that down and get to it later, right? And after a while, he'll stop interrupting you, realize he's only helping you, right? But we're all in that same camp. It happens to all of us. And the Lord says the spirit of the Sabbath is you understanding. There's always going to be something else you can do. I could have created, 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 but I didn't. I want to provide a model for you. There's only so much you can do. And then you've got to stop and let God move and do the rest. Do what only he can do. Thanks for listening to the GT Moncton podcast. For full services, head over to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or want to get connected, go to gtmoncton.com and follow us on social media at GT Moncton to stay up to date on what's happening here at GT. God bless.